0: We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the red Sox Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news and tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fail you? We wasn't raised on a sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun Couple more seconds and the show's begun I Uh -uh. said, birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun Couple more seconds and the show's begun And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with Bronx Bronx with love, from the Bronx with Bronx with love, from the Bronx with Bronx with love
1: Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome everyone to our podcast. Today we have an awesome guest. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard us mention her name very often, so by now she's pretty popular on the show. We want to welcome Angie. And she is a controller living now in Jersey. She left the Bronx, so, you know, I'm a little bit salty about that. (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for accepting the invite. I know we had been talking about it for a while, but Dom and I needed to figure out some things in the show, and now we're having Mm -hmm. guests this season, and your birthday is coming up, so... Oh, well, it's actually
2: the day we're airing this, so I'm very excited. It's exactly. sort of like a pre-birthday present, and then yeah. it, it just airs on my birthday, which is a second birthday present. I was going <laughs> to say, we
3: get away for, with, like, not doing a thing for your birthday.
2: Kidding. Oh, so, oh no, no, no. We still got to celebrate. It's the big victory, know. oh. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. So can you tell us more a little bit about what you do? I mentioned that you're a controller, but some people might think that you are like, I don't know, what type of controller are you?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I control people's minds. a controller.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like,
2: I control people's minds. No, I don't. Uh, Well, a controller is basically a, a bookkeeper. It's accounting. I do it for a title insurance company, so... I, I do like the daily um, um, operations, which is like uh, paying bills or getting the, the money come in, recording it and keeping track of, of all of that fun stuff.
1: And how long have you been at this company?
2: I've been with this company for three years, but I've been doing this for six years now.
1: Can you share a little bit with the audience about how we met because oh, we know we've known each other since we were in high
2: school. <laughs> oh God. Karen and I go way, way back. And it doesn't seem like it's been fifteen years, but oh God, like we were counting the years the other day, actually for your for your birthday. Yeah. When when you guys stood over at my house, unfortunately. That's not how we wanted it to end, but it did. And then <laughs> we were going back on my we were looking at my sweet fifteen photos. And we were we were just remembering and going back to high school we actually met um, like right before we started high school because there was this this program in, in in the school we were in that allowed you to come in like the summer before you started high school mm-hmm. to sort of introduce uh, the teenagers to what high school is like so and and they gave you credit for like English math and science I think right yeah i, I know it, so. was three, it was science it was three subjects for sure mm-hmm. and so karen um and i were coming into the school one day we were both late and we had to go through the scanners right this is the bronx so it's like you know the criminal high schools. <laughs> <laughs> so well not really but we do have we we had to go through the scanners and so i see this girl who looks like she's asian she doesn't even look mexican Mm-hmm. And then um, she had, she had a wallet and in her wallet, she had a, a little doll with a Mexican flag. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, she has that Mexican doll. Like, what is this girl doing with the Mexican flag? So I go, <laughs>
3: Are
2: what you is Mexican this men?
3: cultural appropriation? Yeah, about? I was like,
2: what, is she like making fun of us or what? And 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 I asked her, I'm like. Are you, are you Mexican? And she goes, yeah. And she's taking off her belt because she, she had the belt with like the name on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was high school Karen, you guys. If, if this ever turns into a, a show where you guys can see her, I would show pictures, but this is just <laughs> audio, unfortunately. You can't see it, but you can picture it, right? This is, um, what, this was two thousand. What? I don't, yeah, I guess 2003, 2004 when we started high school So, you know, the, the, the name belts were on And whatever, Karen was always on style I wasn't, but she was She was the cool one And, <laughs> and nevertheless, I asked her if she was Mexican She goes, yes And I was like, oh, okay But then she's rushing And we were both kind of just trying to get to class or whatever So then I go, which, which room are you in? And she goes, whatever the number was I don't remember And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm in this other room. And then we go upstairs, and she goes into the same room I was in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not the room you're going in. And she goes, I know, I know, I got confused. And I was like, all right, well. But then from that day on, we sat together, and then we just became, like, unseparable.
3: Yay!
2: (laughs) That was our first day, like, love at first sight, or friendship at first sight. (laughs) That's so
3: interesting because... So you were pretty bold with Karen. When Karen and I solidified our relationship, Karen was very bold with me. I don't know, is it a thing? Is that like where you guys are from in the Bronx? It's like how you come at people. You're just like asking the questions right away. <laughs>
2: I'm not saying, I don't, I don't know what it was because I, I was very shy. At, mm-hmm. very, like, I'm not usually the one that comes First, Like I don't, I don't, uh, uh, now I do because I've like now I'm older, whatever. Yeah, also exactly. I thought, but when I was a teenager, I wasn't as open because when, when I first came, like I, I didn't, I wasn't born here. I, I came when I was six and I didn't know the language. So I came into mm-hmm. a bilingual class and the people, the kids that were at my elementary school, they were all like other Hispanics, but not Mexicans. hmm and Blacks and Indians. And I was just used to those kind of kids. And I always felt like an outcast. I always felt like, like I couldn't talk in Spanish. Like, like I just had to keep my Mexican side hidden just because I, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't speak English and, or I started learning it afterwards. It, it just became a habit. But at first I wasn't. So that made me very shy. And, and I wasn't really open. I couldn't talk to people but with Karen, I think it was just that thing and I and I was like I got to ask or I will forever like just have that curiosity
3: mm-hmm. you know so
2: I asked him, but on like thankfully it became like a really good <laughs> friendship
3: mm-hmm. but it
2: like I don't know I don't know what came uh, to me to ask cuz usually I, can- I wasn't born.
1: I guess it was because you saw my Mexican flag and you were like, if I don't talk to her now, I will not have Mexican friends or something like that. I don't know. Probably. I
2: don't know. She was was
3: investigating. She's like, I need to check this little Asian looking girl.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I don't know. I I just needed to ask. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I thought like we would never talk again. Or I don't know. I just felt like maybe I'll ask and then that's it, you know. But it it just it became more than that. This friendship
1: was meant to be. I
2: That's think so. Part. Yeah. We I were remember. like the first two.
1: We were, yeah. And then eventually we met Marlani and Anna and everyone else. And then, you know, we had our little group.
2: Our wannabe, wannabe um, gangster crew. Oh, but.
1: my God, you guys. So we have so much stories. We were showing down <laughs> the photos and we just gave her, like, so many details into like what we were trying to do in high school and my fashion choices I look back at them now and I'm just like oh god what was I
2: (laughs) they were not bad they were within our time okay yeah yeah I was
3: gonna say the early 2000s were rough for literally everyone even (laughs) high fashion if you look at some of the runway walks (laughs) they were
2: brutal (laughs) (laughs) But whatever, she was always on style. Like, that's just the way Karen is. You're going to, you know, when you turn 60, you're going to look back when you turn 30, and you're going to be like, well, what the fuck was
1: I wearing? Exactly. But I'll still be showing off the legs, though.
2: Of course. (laughs) You're like half Asian somewhere. And so you're going to be like 15 forever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Earlier, you mentioned that obviously in height, in while you were in elementary school, you didn't know that many other Mexican kids and you felt like you couldn't really talk or like your Mexican side was just at home?
2: I couldn't relate.
1: Yeah. So how was that? Because I know for me, in terms of pop culture, all I watched was Univision. And in terms of music, all I listened to was whatever music I saw on Univision or whatever. Like I never listened to american music up until i think i got to middle school
2: well it, it was hard just because yeah at home that's all we watched too you know there was only the spanish channel spanish music well not i mean at home we would listen to english music just because my parents they grew up in mexico city so they were they had that influence a little like they listened to madonna and michael jackson and Cyndi Lauper. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, so it was a little bit of a mix, but still, it was mostly Spanish. And um, but that's what actually made me very shy. So I just didn't speak like at school. I was just very quiet, like I just kept to myself. And if I had friends, it would just be like they would not be like the most popular kids either. You know, they would just be like me, quiet kids, right. maybe bookworms. And we were just very nerdy. Um <laughs> Uh, so I just wouldn't, like, I would not hang out with kids.
0: Okay. I would just
2: go eat my lunch and go back to class or whatever. Uh, because I, I felt like I couldn't relate, especially after, like, one experience in first grade, because um, I came when I was six, and I didn't really speak the language. Mm-hmm. And so um, at school, I I was in a bilingual class, and I, I started learning English and whatever. And say so one time... I, came, I was talking to some kids and instead of, saying, instead of saying, I went to the beach, I said, I, I went to the bitch. Mm-hmm. So then like the kids, you know, sixth graders, uh, I mean, first graders, they're, they're very like, oh, she said a bad word. They told the teacher that I said a bad word. And I was like, no, I didn't. Because in my head, I thought I was talking about the beach. Mm-hmm. But I said it wrong because of the language barrier. And so after that incident, I was just like, I'm just not speaking. Like Mm. I just, I shut down completely because I was always afraid that I was going to say the wrong thing.
3: Mm, baby Angie.
2: I mean, it was, I was six years old. Like, what do you expect?
3: Yeah, (laughs) I think that's around the time I started learning English as well, like six or seven, maybe a little yeah. bit older. No, no, six or seven, because I think I was pretty fluent by nine. Um, and I don't think I've, I don't, I, I guess I don't remember an experience where I personally like felt like I said something wrong. But I do remember being very frustrated with constantly failing my spelling tests. Okay. Um, and that like led me to actually reading the dictionary I was also a huge bookworm too like I would read a lot um and I watch a lot of American television actually because um I think that's what happens when like you're not a majority like despite um Haiti being one of the, one of the three non-Spanish speaking Latino countries, we're not really considered in the general, like we're not under the general umbrella of like Latinos. So like a lot of media isn't catered to us. So like, like Latin American media isn't catered to Haitians. And obviously American media isn't uh, catered to Haitians and we don't have our own standalone. Like we're not like Nigeria with Nollywood or you know um India with Bollywood we don't have anything right. like that mm-hmm. so like it was just american um american television. culture and television so i did i did that a lot to like basically learn like the sounds of english mm-hmm. and then in addition to that I, <laughs> I literally read the dictionary from front to back to, <laughs> to like Get to be better at spelling. I remember I kept, like, all of first grade, I kept failing my spelling test. I remember I got a 45 once because I just, like, did not know how to write English. It's very <laughs> I, hard. It, it, and, and It's, an, it's a, it's real a really irritating language. I'm sorry for all y'all. Because I would say it is absolutely correct to think in your mother tongue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and screw all the people who are like, you need to speak English. Because, no, you don't need to. You're not going to... Combust in, in, into flames if you don't speak English. <laughs> You're not gonna literally die. There's no necessity to speak English except to communicate. But if you don't need to, it just speak whatever you want because it's beautiful.
2: I think yeah. you should just learn any any language that you can. Like I'm good yeah. with languages because if I wasn't raised here, I don't think I'd be good at English either. But it is, it is nice, to, it's nice to know other languages, regardless of what that language is. Like, I would like to, to know French and Italian and, and these other languages out there. But mm-hmm. it's just, I, I, I don't practice it enough or I'm not good at it enough. Um, but there's people out there that are. And, and regardless of what language you learn, you should just learn it because it's out there, not because you, you think it's a superior language. Mm -hmm. right exactly it's a a form of communication for you to be able to communicate with other people regardless of their race and color and Mm -hmm. whatever you know Mm -hmm. so it should just be for fun not because you think English Mm -hmm. is the one and only language available and let
3: me tell you the T is the people who think English is a superior language couldn't cut teeth outside Mm -hmm. of English speaking countries and there's more non-English speaking countries in this world than there are English speaking countries in this world. So they're the ones who are shit out of luck if they ever needed to go
2: anywhere. (laughs) Oh So that's the real tea. But then there's also, these are the people with like either, you know, more power in a sense. And so when they go to other countries, like the other countries also cater to them, which is a bad thing because then mm-hmm. we should force mm-hmm. them to, you know, if they go to Mexico then they should speak Spanish. Spanish, yeah. You know, and if they go to if they go to Paris, they should speak French. So yeah. don't cater to them, you know. I mean not everyone is like that, but
3: yeah. But we shouldn't
2: I cater too can- much to them then.
3: I'm going to go to Mexico with my broken Spanish and my French little <laughs> accents when I say certain words, because I realize I do have a French cadence when I speak Spanish. So people can immediately tell I'm not a native Spanish speaker. Like, Who is this just, French person?
2: You <laughs> can just go and dance and they'll be okay. They'll be like, okay, we oh, yeah. give yeah. us some tacos or some yeah. Oh, yeah. Tacos. Yeah. Yeah.
3: We'll dance about. is the universal language.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I see you dance. So definitely like they would just bring you in like, like a brand new baby.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, especially with the men. I don't even have to speak any any. Oh, they'll
2: just they'll they'll just take you home. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I'm just okay. like dinero and comida. <laughs> She'll survive with those
1: yeah.
3: two guys. I'm yeah. pretty sure.
1: Yeah. Angie, so we were briefly talking about school and, you know, how we started to learn English. So I remember when we were in high school, you were like a smarty pants.
2: I I, I was, yeah. <laughs>
1: she was a smarty pants.
2: I, I mean, know about
3: now. You
1: still are.
3: <laughs> she definitely is the smartest of us all.
2: Oh, God. No, I am not the smartest, but I did in high school, I, I was part of the honor roll. And, yeah. and I did go to... Uh, I, did, I did... um course, so our school offered, even though, even though it was in the Bronx, you guys, mm-hmm. this school was um, offering programs to, to, to put us out there, and I joined the Academy of Finance, which was like the best thing um, I could have ever done, because they I did a program where I had to do a competition Um, and I went to Columbia University, and I was with kids that were already in college and some kids that were, like, finishing high school. So it was just, like, a great experience, but this school really allowed me to do all of that and also my grades because they would pick me based on, like, grades and stuff like that. So I learned a
1: lot. Regarding your grades, I do remember that I felt like your dad was pretty involved in terms of your grades
2: both my parents were my yeah my dad is is the one that definitely pushes us like me and my my siblings I have an older sister and a younger brother and he is always the one that for anything but for grades in in particular he's always like no go to school do good and and you know he would always be like you know 80s and above that's that's what you need to do you need to do Mm -hmm. 80s and above um because he wanted, he wanted better stuff mm-hmm. for us. You know, he, he was someone that didn't get the chance to go to school, although he wanted to, but just financially and in and, and circumstance didn't allow it for him. So he was determined to make it happen for his kids. So he was always there to push us.
1: And in terms of growing up, how did you feel like, how was your household? Do you feel like you had strict parents? Because I know that Dom and I can relate in in terms of like growing up with immigrant parents because we were not allowed to go to sleepovers or school dances. Our parents went to our prom, like our elementary school prom. So how how were your parents? Like how was it growing up in your household?
2: Well, well, first of all, I didn't go to like the junior high prom or the high school prom. We didn't go, Cameron. I, I remember, yeah, we didn't go. But I didn't also,
3: go
2: either. But but the high school one was our choice. The elementary one, like I said, I was very shy then, so I was just like, I'm not going to this event. Like I, I just refused to go. Um, but but um, yeah, growing up, my parents would not let me go to sleepovers mainly because. You know, as, as immigrant parents, like, first of all, they don't have much family here. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they don't know who they can trust. Right. And, you know, um, they had two girls and one boy, but either one, you, you just never know. Like, you know, someone could get raped or whatever. So they never trusted that. And, and in high school, I, I sort of earned my freedom with my parents. Because okay. I was a bookworm, so but lucky. I was a so uh, even though you know we weren't like, although Karen and I liked, like like to think that we were badasses, we were not. We were just like normal kids, you know. We didn't do anything bad. We played hockey once in a while and 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 stuff, but um, we were still good kids. And every time the one thing we would do a lot is like after school go for pizza or go for just go to Fordham Road and go like look at the stores, and that's all yeah. we would do. Like we were not badasses at all, um, although we thought we were. And, and I would call my dad, you know, I would call my dad um, after school and I would tell him, like, you know, I'm just going to go to the pizza shop with the friends and whatever. And he would be like, OK, but then be home by a certain time. And, and I would be home by like five or six or whatever time he told me. So I earned it. I, I earned it with my parents. I always like they always knew, even though I was out, they knew where I was. So I think that's how I earn my freedom.
1: Yeah, Angie has always been a good girl. In terms of me, I'm like, okay, I tell you I'm here, but I'm probably somewhere else.
3: (laughs) You see, though, I am like... I. And like Angie, I always had to be like, tell my parents I am a good girl. I still till this day, if I'm staying at my parents' house, I have a curfew. Like I don't, like it doesn't even matter if I'm a good girl. They still are like, the world is going to kill you. You know what I mean? They don't trust the world. It's not even like they don't trust me. They're like, no, you're going to die if I don't hear from you or you're not in this house but you go
2: into a habit,
3: I don't think it's a bad thing because
2: I, I still do it with my parents because they, like, if I'm out, like, I tell them, you know, I, I still live at home because I, I live with my parents, but um, whenever I go out, I just tell them, like, I don't have to give them details. It's not like I'm asking them for permission anymore because um, I'm old enough to go out, but, um, but they are concerned just because mm-hmm. there are things that could happen to you, you know, like, you know, there was, there was this one case in the news where this girl went out just for a run, And she got murdered. Oh, That's why I can't
3: run in my cul-de-sac, Angie. I live in a cul-de-sac, and that's why I can't run.
2: Right. So, you know, sometimes I I do understand, you know, where they're coming from. I don't know.
3: You you need, like, Haitian dramatics. Because, like, I feel like your parents are probably more centered. And they're like, yeah, we understand the risks. No, I get, like, guilted. It's not even like, oh, I don't ask for permission anymore. It's like, if I tell them, they're like, "Mm, well... I never thought I would have to bury you before me. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like okay, it's-
2: yeah, that's a little over the top. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think my parents go that way, but they do text me and they're like, where are you? Like, at what time are you coming? But yeah, not like you're dramatic. <laughs>
1: but it's still, <laughs> but
2: they- it's still there though. Like, they're, they're still going to check up on me. No matter. Yeah. 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 And they could be like 120. They, they're yeah. still going to be like, where are you? Oh, like, absolutely. where are your kids?
3: And where's your husband? Like, <laughs> that's how they're going to be. Yeah that's what parents do. That's yeah, with, I'm pretty sure like my heaven. parents, like my especially my mom's last breath is going to be like you better eat after this and then she just dies. <laughs> just goes to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> or like put on a sweater. It's yeah. called it's, Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they're
2: going to do cuz that's what they are. Yeah. Like that's that's just who our parents are. Yeah. You're never going to make them change. No. You know? No, no, the and they also like they trusted Karen, although I don't know why they trusted her cuz she was like a really bad influence. <laughs> My my parents knew Karen from the very beginning, and, yeah, and yeah. they know she's like the one trusted friend. But they don't know how evil she is, though. <laughs> parents, <laughs> yeah, because if they knew, they would never let me hang out with her. Yeah. They were like, "Oh no, she's bad influence. She's got to go." <laughs>
1: Angie, I know you're going to be celebrating your 30th. We're making plans, obviously. Mm -hmm. But how has the expectations changed now in terms of like your parents? Obviously, in high school, it was like, you know, get good grades, get the education that we didn't have a chance to get. Now that you're entering your 30s, do you think they like set different expectations from you?
2: I think society in general is, is having expectations of of us women turning thirty, you know, it's it's always been hard. So, you know, uh, you've known me since we were fourteen. So you came to my Swift Fifteen. Swift yeah. Fifteen was like, oh, you know, you're like becoming a young lady, and it's all about let's do a party, let's let's uh, celebrate it. Yes, let's go. You know, it's all about having fun and and, and celebrating the your your womanhood, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then turning thirty is like okay, well, now you're 30. you, well, not my parents so much, but um, society is just like, okay, like you should have already something set and you should be either engaged, married, or having kids, one or the other, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of hard because there's always so much pressure for, for women in particular, uh, whenever they, they get to a certain stage or when they get to a certain milestone and and but I feel like it has changed a little though this year these these couple Mm -hmm. of years because more and more women are just focused on themselves yeah and they're not really they're not really going by what society or men men really decide for you you just go with the flow and and you decide what you want to make it once you
1: hit that milestone that's so true well what what goals do you have, I guess? Or like yeah, how do you see this new stage in your life?
2: I I was I was nervous, honestly. Like I think when I turned 28, I was like I started getting nervous just because I I, I was nervous that um I wasn't accomplishing what I what I wanted to. You okay. know, I was like, wait, where do I stand in, in my career? Have I really accomplished what I wanted? Or have I really met that special person and have a relationship? But uh, I guess like a few months ago, I just started realizing that I needed to slow down. Mm-hmm. And that I couldn't, I couldn't please everyone. And mm-hmm. I could only please myself. Mm-hmm. So what makes me happy? What have I accomplished? Maybe I didn't accomplish everything that I wanted to. But that doesn't mean it's the end of it because I still have more to go now, now that I'm at this age, I think now I know more things that I like, more things that I want to do, and how i go about it, rather than when I was like 21, when yeah. I, I wanted a lot of stuff too, but then I was just very stupid and very poor, <laughs> well, I'm so poor, I'm so poor. But, but you know, but I'm getting there, and, and now I have more experience, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe this isn't working for me, and I'm not afraid to be like, well, I need a change, and mm-hmm. when you're 21, you think you you are. Like, you're just set and done, and that's it. But mm-hmm. now you're like, no, I can, I can move, I can change. I know what I'm worth, and I know where I want to head. That is and cool.
3: It, yeah. yeah. I feel that so much. But Karen's going to yell at me. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyways. Um, uh-huh. I feel like, yeah, early on, especially early in the 20s, like my late teens, early 20s, I was like, invincible i did everything i would pull like all-nighters back to back and like yeah you have to slow down like i had to really slow down um probably earlier than um 30s and karen's like you're so young but seriously like when your body tells you to slow down especially when you get older it's so much harder to bounce back and like, yeah. you have to like start listening to it because then when even when you are not taking care of your body, right, you're still going to be older and like it's still going to malfunction. So I might as well like listen to it now. Don't be hard headed and be like, OK, I need to take a break and work at my own pace like things are going to fall in its place when it's supposed to.
1: Yeah. yeah, in terms of that, I do agree, because obviously when we were all younger, I guess like we all just saw that like our 20s were it. And if mm-hmm. we didn't accomplish like this big thing in our 20s, it was like we failed at life. Mm-hmm. Now that we're getting older, we realize like we have a whole lifetime ahead of us
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we
1: just have to take things as they as they come. And also, like Angie said, we we know how to approach certain things now, like we're wiser.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: obviously Dom I always complain to you about this and I yell at you because you act like you're an old lady mm-hmm. you act like you're 80 and I'm like mm-hmm. it's just a number and I'm not gonna get that in my head and think like oh because I'm 30 like the back pains are gonna come <laughs> no,
3: Whoa, okay like, here's the thing you're thinking backwards because Literally, the pains came before I had those thoughts. <laughs> I didn't. But you're not even
2: you're you're like the youngest one. I, I love really? and this, this you act the like you're sixty. Years. But the, the thing is, it's like,
3: I'm not acting. Literally, feel my bones. <laughs> <laughs> that's we the need thing.
1: To, we need to get some Mexican dirt in you.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. It's not like I was like, "Ooh, I feel old today." Then the pains came. <laughs> it's the other way around. It's the honestly, pains honestly, Dom. Like, oh, I'm old.
2: I think I think you're like one of those. You're like a Benjamin Button case where you're mm-hmm. like born old and you're just gonna like <laughs> mm-hmm. get younger and I you. Hope. You know, you're just gonna be like a baby and disappear one day. That's it. I hope by 35 I feel <laughs> like I'm 13. You're like you're what? How old are you? 26 now, and you're 27. 27, but mm-hmm. you're actually like 80. It so feels you, like, it,
3: especially right now in this weather my knees oh my god
2: you're just like a really <laughs> old lady in a young yeah. in a young woman's body but it's,
1: not, it's fine yeah. in a hot woman's body which is gonna be halfway <laughs> someday
3: <laughs> yeah oh, yeah no. karen you've got it backwards it's literally um, i could not bend one day and i was like oh so it's happening <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. but you know what it's like you're 30 like the 30s now it's like
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's like a, a new I like your new 20s I guess yep. mm-hmm. in, in a certain way because now you really know what you want or how to approach it at least and you do have more income than when you're 20 so I think it's a lot more fun mm-hmm. and, I'm, I'm, yes. and I'm planning to make it more fun for myself just because like I'm going to go it my way rather than just like crazy wild, mm-hmm. like we did when we were 20. So yeah. it's, it's a different approach. And, and I, don't think, I don't think women or, or people in general should fear aging. What makes Not them, what makes them like really be scared is the fact that maybe they haven't accomplished things or maybe um, there's people that either rush when they're younger yeah. and they miss out on things or they don't do enough. So they also missed out on things. So it really depends on how you live it yeah. on, a, on a day-to-day basis and, and who you're with and what makes you happy. Because I feel like like in my twenties, um, like Karen and I, we we went out a lot, you know, we we met people, we met places, like we we visited places and whatever. Yeah. So there's no regrets. I think, like, maybe turning 30 and if I had not done any of that stuff, then I would be like, oh, my God, like, I missed out on this and now I'm too old or whatever. Because mm-hmm. there are certain things that you have to do with your age range. There are some things that you just cannot do when you're, like, 40, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: if you're 40, you cannot just be out, like, drinking till midnight, you know? Like, when you were in your 20s or something, you know?
0: <laughs> it's yeah. just, like,
2: it's not right, but... You know, just just live every day and, and do what you want to do and be happy with it so that you don't regret it later on.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know what? I started realizing this once, like, I, I hit my 30s, obviously, which was, like, two months ago. And I had <laughs> one plan, and then everything, and in, in terms of, like, the trip that we had, Mm -hmm. And everything that came after it, like towards the end of the year, that's not how I saw myself going into my 30s. And I said this to someone the other day.
2: You know what it is? It's just that we like it's stuck in our head that by 30s you should do something or whatever um, that you should just celebrate it big and, and whatnot. So that was stuck in our head and the fact that our trip was canceled, I think that was frustrating and it wasn't just frustrating for you it was also frustrating with me because I was with you from like yeah. three years ago when we planned this and just the fact that things didn't go out as we wanted to and we wanted it on that day it, it that's what frustrated us but it really... I mean, we have a whole year to celebrate. Of course. Who, who yeah. said that we only had to celebrate on the fifteenth, on the eighteenth of November, or the thirty-first of January?
1: Like, we have a whole year. Yeah. Okay. But in terms of like my thirties, I had already envisioned something, and the mm-hmm. fact that so many, a few, yeah, a few changes happened, it was like, okay, this is not how I saw my thirties starting. Mm-hmm. But now it only like, it
2: only threw you off, Karen. But it like. Yeah.
1: It's in January. January. Right. Exactly. So yeah. now I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to enjoy whatever is happening now. And I'm not going to like freak out about it or think that like, oh my God, I'm getting old and all this happened. Da, da, da. No, I'm more chill about it now. Yeah, it's only
3: Insane because like you've literally always been that person. I guess because I live inside my own brain. And like I'm very open on this. I'm like last year, I think, when we were talking about maybe our um the things that we would like to improve um in terms of um uh New Year's resolutions, we had an episode. I was like, I am so impatient. (laughs) so anyone who knows me knows I'm like I have I have a notebook filled with like a 15 year um worth like a 15 outline um of like projects I want to have completed or in the process during the next 15 years um that's how far out I plan at least creatively because I have a lot of creative ideas so it's like Too much to hold into my brain, Um, and I'm like, I remember when I first met Karen. I was like, I love Mindy Kaling. I would love to be like her. And this is when I started really getting Karen into the office. Mindy Kaling, who's a huge, huge um, like uh, role model for me, like started her writing, like her television writing career at 24. And I remember at 25, I was like, I'm already a year behind. Like anyone who says (laughs) Karen's like, you plan too much, and Karen's like, I'm more chill now. I was like how can you get more chill than chill Karen? Karen look, <laughs> I guess because I'm already like very high key at hundred when I'm like, I need to do all the things. And Karen's just like, probably really medium. But to me, yeah. her medium is very chill.
2: <laughs> it's like, tell but this is why you guys get along because you mm-hmm. need, you need someone that's always like fast paced and then
1: someone that's like,
2: no, wait, take a breath,
1: mm-hmm. you know, relax. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and, and do it yep. this
1: way. Because I think that's how you are done. Like, you project it. And I'm mm-hmm. more like, I'm just like, sometimes I get in my head a lot. But then I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm, let's say I'm thinking a lot about what I'm going to plan next. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time to, like, going out or if I'm meeting Angie for dinner or whatever, those thoughts come out of my head. Just like, whatever. I'll focus mm-hmm. on that later. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you guys say that I'm super chill, but I know I sometimes I try to control a lot of things.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like all in your head. Yeah, like yeah, I, I make I know. it super known. I don't oh know yeah. If you're, if you're like whatever, and Abuelita in the um, subway, I let her know. I'm like, <laughs> Mom, I am losing my mind. I'm already late to this, like interview and if i don't get the job like that's how i am <laughs>
2: you know what i'm like like you speaking this way just makes me think of you like the day you get married you are gonna be one of those bridezillas. but trust <laughs> me just mix sure where your bridesmaids will get your shit done don't worry
3: yeah here's the thing i already know i have like that kind of energy so i'm very like i'm like i need to be on edibles i need to be doped up i need whatever i need because i <laughs> just need to get down the aisle and I need, like, family members not to fight with each other. I don't really have that kind of family because we're all, like, very reserved, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, like, more pearl-clutching, church-going, <laughs> Caribbean, old school. But like, I just oh. got to make sure that there's not, like, a lot of, you know, sneering. And they're very judgy. So I got to, rem- like, got to manage all of that. So like, we'll Or remember know. that for the day yeah. of your wedding. My friend with the tattoo should not be around my odds who, you know... It's a good Is married word. to a minister.
2: <laughs> I can picture you already, and I want to get the rights to that um, reality
3: show. Trust me. Yeah. So yeah, that's already in my fifteen-year notebook. Oh god!
2: <laughs> of course, you freak. <laughs>
3: um, I wanted to like go back to. I think you made like a really good poignant point where you were talking about like. You yourself personally have felt like I guess empowered because a lot of women you've seen like a lot of women or just like there's just a shift in general where it's more focused on like your own happiness and not like how you as a woman can serve others. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering like, can you elaborate more on that? Like, how did you arrive to that conclusion in general?
2: Well, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot in um, at work mm-hmm. with other women, um, where where they're like, "Oh, well, um, I'm fine being this age and not having kids, or I'm fine being in this age and only having like um, a partner, not really married or stuff like that." You know, mm-hmm. I, I I do. I do a side job for for this uh, attorney. She's about thirty five or thirty six, and and we went out the other day, and she was talking about how she's been married for I think three or four years, and she's very focused in in her career and stuff, and, and her career her her job is actually blooming, and. Like, I, I do her books in, on the side, you know, and I and I started with her three years ago, too, because she was like, I can't do this. You need to help me, you know? <laughs> uh, and and she was talking about how, like, her family's always, like, hinting at her, like, so when are the kids coming and, you know... The classic you... questions. Yeah, because she's, like, <laughs> 35 or 36, and, and, and they're, like, pushing it, and she was just, like, one day she was just like, no, listen, I'm going to... I'm gonna have some kids when I'm ready, and if I'm not ready, then you know what um here's ace hey, she has a she has a dog His name is ace, and she's like, this is ace, that's it that's all you're getting and, and, and I've seen it a lot too with other other women too, where they're like, no, this is what I want to do, this is what makes me happy, so if you're not happy with it, you know suck it sucks
1: because
2: mm-hmm. i'm I'm happy, so I've seen it a lot, so that makes me feel comfortable and I'm like okay so i'm I'm not. You know, whatever makes you happy, it's, it's, it's not wrong. If it makes you happy, it's not wrong. If it makes other people uncomfortable, then it's their problem, not
1: yours. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I like that.
2: Yeah, there's never a right answer. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be stuck with an idea of what you should be doing by a certain age or because you're a woman or because you're a Latino. You should
3: just do whatever makes you happy Oof. and keep with it. That is a word, a sermon, a lecture. I love it. Amen. It's I I have actually younger um, female family members, or women family members rather, mm-hmm. who I really wish, I really wish this would resonate with them. Cause sometimes I wonder, maybe I'm the one who's like in the wrong. But, like, that's never been the driving goal, so to speak. Like, that's not a huge achievement for me. It's not something that, like, that's really the only thing that I've only been looking forward to in my life. Like, it happens when it happens. You know what I mean? And I feel like I've always kind of been like that. But I have, like younger generation women who are just like if I don't find anything by 30 I'm like gonna get a matchmaker like I need you know to like a b and c because I need to have like my first kid hopefully by 29 because you know by 35 you're considered geriatric and like the increase and like blah, blah blah and medical blah blah and I'm like really is it really really that serious like will you will you like burst into flames if you aren't (laughs) married by a certain time like it like that kind of like I very clearly like Karen said I project a lot of anxiety so I know what it's like to be anxious but that's not an anxiety that's ever been a top priority for me so like sometimes I feel like maybe maybe my priorities are a little skewed because everyone around me or most people around me save for you and karen and other people are really really about like i need this i need this i need this and i'm like uh, what's going on
2: <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree like you know i also want to have eventually a family or find someone but i don't think we should be stuck to a time limit like why is mm-hmm. there so much pressure to get it done by a certain time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you don't see this pressure for men. It's no. not like they're like, Oh my god, you're forty? Like no one's gonna No, actually forty is when they start getting more women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Why 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 should we stop when we're thirty? Like it doesn't make any sense. None. You know, I, I should be able to do it when I want it or when I feel like I'm comfortable with someone because I'm not gonna rush into something. Like dating dating right now is like very complicated. Yes. With our generation. It's so yes. hard to find someone. Yes. So, you know, I'm not just gonna rush and, and just marry someone just because I'm expected to have right. kids tomorrow, you know? Right. So it should it shouldn't be it shouldn't be framed within a time.
3: So I'm, I don't I disagree with either. Me. Yeah, yes. I, I mean, I disagree with these family members on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. that. But also, and we talk about, I, you
2: know, I feel like mm-hmm. like these women like they just they 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 close themselves like they mm-hmm. they just yes. live in a bubble. Yes, you know, like at least for me, I like to go out and meet people and and, and be. In different places in different situations it, 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 some of these situations might scare me or I'm not comfortable with but then I won't go back to it but I'm, I'm exposed I'm putting myself to like these other scenarios and I feel like most of the people that are that are telling you well this is what you should do by this age or you should have this by whatever time I think that they live in a bubble where they mm-hmm. don't see anything else they 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 don't see the bigger picture yes you know they
3: I agree with you, and I think this is part of my frustration, too, is that, like, it's a lot of these people are very smart to me, like, they have, like, they can, they have the ability to think critically, but they don't want to push themselves to think critically about um, these kinds of things. Like, like you said, you mentioned you want to take this very seriously because, like, you're spending excuse me you're spending your life with someone and like I personally think like yes I'm spending my life with someone and that's my partner um I personally think like I take parenthood so seriously because like that is another human being and I think people like this is going to sound a little like controversial or like maybe too heavy-handed but I do think people dehumanize babies they don't see babies as like human beings they're like oh this thing is really cute and I love a baby and I want to cuddle it and babies give me love but like that baby child toddler is gonna grow up to be a fully autonomous human being and like you're responsible for it like from the moment it like pops out wherever (laughs) it pops out c-section natural I'm all for both whatever is best for your body but like what you know what I mean like when it pops out to like when you pretty much die and like cannot oversee your child do you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah. and that like people like that like they really they romanticize children and decontextualize what an actual child is it's a for my job. child yeah <laughs> it's a full-time job and it's a never-ending job you know this kid is going
2: to be your kid no matter how old he is you exactly know? like like, even even as an adult, there are, you, oh, you will always need your parents and and your parents will always need you, mm-hmm. you know, because you, even though you might be like, let's say a 40 year old,
3: mm-hmm.
2: there's always something you're going to need guidance on
3: mm-hmm.
2: and who better than your parents yep. to be like, well, I've been there, done that. And this is how you handle this kind of situation. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not something that you
3: can just quit and be like, oh, no, nope, I don't like yeah. that anymore. But Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. You do not put your two weeks in with children. <laughs> you do not. You do not. That's never gonna end. For me to have a partner and to then have um like grow a family with them, it's like seriously, I could not have imagined my life without you once I've met you. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. the only reason. It's not because, oh, look at that, 32, gotta get, gotta get a partner. 32 gotta start because my eggs are dying you know what I mean that's not that's not it at all it's like I met I met you we're creating something together and I absolutely want to go further with you that's it that is my only baseline not because you are someone who is there to fill a position in my life story right but even if we wait that long you know it doesn't
2: guarantee that that person is gonna stay with us or Mm -hmm. be with us But nevertheless, you're going to be more prepared to still go on Mm -hmm. with your child or more than one child if you have any, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think that uh, you shouldn't rush it just because you you as a person need to be, first of all, comfortable with your decisions. So in any case that these things go you know, on a different, in a different direction that you'll yeah. been able to handle it. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, you have no guarantees. Never, never. You're never going to be like, yeah, I waited till like 35 and now I met this person and he's going to be there forever. Yeah. There's no guarantee. No guaranteed. You'll yeah. be more mature. You have more an idea of how you want to handle things and you'll be like, okay, I, I can do this on my own.
3: Right. And also, Karen's going to laugh at me again, but there's also no guarantee with children because, yes, you can give birth to a serial killer. There. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Start. That's another topic. It, it would be. <laughs> like, there's
1: so many topics here that we can just go all night yeah. or like a whole freaking week. Is there anything else you want to add before we kind of like wrap this up? Well,
2: I think um, I'm learning as I go. And, and I think that there is no right answer and and I don't I would never judge someone for the decisions they make I can disagree with them but I would never I would never judge them because I don't know if I'm right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. just just do whatever you feel comfortable with yeah 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 and and if you have your and you know if you have like the right people next to you and they they're cheering you on then Mm -hmm. just go for it because because no one else is going to come in and be like, oh, this is what really makes you happy. No one else
3: knows it.
1: Beautiful. No, you know.
3: That's yeah. amazing.
1: I love it. One last question. Okay. And this comes from a favorite podcast of mine, which is called Nos Vemos en el Swap Meet. Okay. And Luis, mm-hmm. the interviewer, he always asks this question to his guest. Okay. So, and I'm asking this to you now.
2: Oh, I'm so nervous. If,
1: Angie, if you can give an advice to Angie of like back when we were fourteen, what would it be? Oh God! Or if you can just say anything. Anything.
2: I think. I think. I would tell her not not to hold back so much. I think in a way I did because I was always like afraid, and and now that I'm older, I'm just like no, it it, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be afraid to to say things or to think a certain way because we're all different. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as quiet or as holding back as I used to be. And I would be like, just, just open up.
1: Thank you very much for being on the show once again. And I hope that you have a lovely night. I will. Happy happy
2: early birthday. Yeah. Happy
1: birthday to me. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Uh,
2: That's (laughs) (laughs)
3: myself.
2: I will see you guys soon.
3: Yeah. Bye. 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 This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with love is part of Anthology House Media.